Marcus here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marcusreechurch.org. Good morning. I hope you got an extra coffee this morning. Um, the, uh, we're springing forward, but the weather didn't get the memo yet, so it's got to catch up like our brains this morning. So... Um, it's always one of those bittersweet times. I love that the, the that it's daylight at, you know, 7:30 at, at night. The, the sun still shines, but on this day, it's a little tough to wake up and want to get out of bed. So, um, I'm thankful for all of you diehards that are here this morning. Um, don't laugh and point at those that come in at 11:30. Okay, <laughs> it's not allowed. Give them a hug in the name of Jesus. Well, as we continue on, we're going to be talking about trauma and how this impacts our life. And I told the team at the huddle, I said, when I think trauma, I think uh, Grey's Anatomy, you know, and all that took place, takes place in that TV show. But uh, I think that this morning can be very traumatic. You know, we get up, we got to get up earlier, we get up period on a Sunday, and, and it's like it's an hour earlier, and then you look outside and there's more of that white stuff coming down, and it's cold, and 25 degrees, and it feels like it's 16, so that's not too fun. That's not too fun. However, as we sit here, there are much more traumatic things on our hearts. Things that we have come through, things that we have healed through, things that we haven't healed through, stuff that we're going to go through that we don't even know. Uh, This morning, my wife was hit with a phone call. One of her employees' brother was in a bad car accident. That's trauma. That's traumatic for a family to go through. There, 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 there's stuff in our lives that we have to work through and process through. And the counselor that was here a few weeks ago said, oh, a lot of times we'll stick that up on the shelf. That's not a trophy. That is something to heal from and turn over and lay at the feet of Jesus. And we're going to talk through that. There are heavy hearts. There are heavy hearts joining us online and in this room. We need to process through this. Michael said, we're going through a transition and a time, and we need to lean into one another and be united. Trauma teams do well because they all have their hands on deck and they communicate. And that's important. It's important that we communicate with one another and that we heal through the things of life, through the, through the tough things stuff. Trauma is a response to a deeply disturbing or distressing event. For you, I don't know what yours is, but I can think in my life of times where I've been tested, where I've, where I've hurt. Um, it can be physical injury. Uh, it can be emotional. I can remember a physical injury that a friend of mine had in high school and, and broke this big bone up here in her leg, and it just, it was, it, was, it was gruesome enough to see. I can't imagine the pain that she felt. Trauma, physical, it can be emotional or spiritual or mental. This is the thing about it, is the wounds that you can't see can hurt <clears throat> as much as the ones you can see, that you don't realize the wounds you can't see hurt as much as the ones that you can see. 
The ones that you can see when we walk in and you got a you got crutches or you got a boot on your foot and we can see the hurt. But with trauma and the things that go on in our head and in our heart, we often can't see in others. It takes longer to heal and we struggle. We often hear in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is great. This is a great verse. It's not always easy to embrace when you're going through a tough situation. And we know that in all things God's wor God works. When somebody's going through a traumatic situation, it doesn't always feel like God's working in that moment. We don't often see it. Sometimes we never get to see it, but we don't often see it until we get on the other side of it. What you have to know is with trauma, sometimes your questions are never going to be answered. And we have to accept that and be okay with that. It's not easy, it's hard. Trauma can bring about shock and denial. Moods, anxiousness, numbness, guiltiness. not a fun place to be, but yet we dwell there quite often in our lives. I want to talk through three ways to seek healing from trauma. And I'm, I'm kind of on that cusp where I, where I am in the, the generational gap there. I'm on the further end, of, depending on what poll you look at and what you take, I'm on this other end of millennial and being a millennial. Um, and I heard some O's. <laughs> yeah. But here's the deal is, and this isn't always the case, but it's, 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 it's okay. It's, it's been more normalized than maybe the generation before me to sit and to dwell and to become bitter and not better. It's the world that we live in. It's what we see on TV. It's okay to get bitter about things. And we need to flip that one letter, that one vowel, from an I to an E, and, be, and, and learn to get better. See, you don't just go and get over trauma. You really have to heal from it. You have to heal from it. And there are three types. There's the acute, and that is a response from a one-time traumatic event, a car accident, natural disaster, complicated birth whatever the case may be. I can remember the first car accident that I got in, and I'm still reminded of it when it rains. It was raining that night. It was September 11th of 2000. <clears throat> A whole year before September 11th. I stopped. What I had learned, the bit that I did learn about driving and all of that is that when a red light is out, it becomes a four-way stop. There I, there I am in my little Sonoma, and I look to the left, and the Yukon coming at me 55 miles an hour didn't realize the rules. And so I pulled out in front of him. He did not stop. God saved me. I mean, I had three pieces of glass in my elbow. When the paramedics showed up on the scene, they, they 
everybody was okay, and God was in the midst of it. As the car was towed in, they asked my dad, they said, who died in that truck? He said, nobody, my son's at the hospital, and he's fine. But when it rains, I, didn't, I do not like driving in the rain, even to this day. I still struggle a little bit with that. Traumatic for me. I'll have flashbacks when lights are out. The past few weeks, these lights that have been out, it has not been fun for me to drive. <laughs> because I see the stop sign, and I know what it means, but I'm not sure that the person to the left or to the right or in front of me really know and understand what that big stop sign means. Small, but yet traumatic, <clears throat> acute, one-time events. Then you have chronic events that take place long-term. You've been bullied. You deal with alcoholism on your own or maybe in your life, sexual abuse, abuse in general. It's ongoing. And then you have the complex. It's a response to multiple and ongoing events. Some combination of what we've talked about from the other two. And then we land ourselves in this place of this is life. And this is just what I've come to know and expect. And that's not what, that's not what God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for. He came to walk with us through that, to heal. See, trauma changes how you see people. It changes how you see God. It changes how you see life. Going through losing my son, having my wife crash on the operating table, God bring her back all in the midst of a short period of time, it, it caused me to question. It caused me to question life. It caused me to question people, motives. To ask God why. Trauma does this to us. It takes us to a challenging place. How do we heal? We're going to look at Paul. And we're going to look at a few places that he went to and, and things that he went through and overcome and overcame them. There are a lot more than what you see here. But we're going to talk through a couple of these. Paul had a handful of places that he went where he dealt with struggles in life. You see, Paul, for those of you that might not know about him, he was Saul, and this was a man who went from murdering Christians to leading them to Jesus. So, think about this. I mean, when Saul first showed up, if he was in your life when he was Saul, and now he was Paul, that would be a traumatic experience. Because you've seen this dude kill some people. And now you see this guy who's standing up and preaching the word of Jesus. Standing up for Christianity. He went from a Christian killer to a Christian preacher. Preaching the word of Jesus. 
At Damascus, Saul preached, and he preached a powerful message. And the Jewish leaders, you know what they decided to do? They decided to give him praise, honor, and glory, right? No, no. They decided that they wanted to kill him. To kill him. I don't know about you, but if I walked out of here and many of you said we want to kill Pastor Jason, I might just decide to walk away completely. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Let's don't test that theory, please. He wrestled in Antioch. He set out on his first missionary journey with Barnabas. In verse 4, it says that he was sent out by the Holy Spirit to preach the word. Paul preaches. And then they ask him to come back and preach again. And then when he shows up, the crowd gets bigger. And you know what the leaders do? They praise him again, right? No, they don't. The Jewish leaders, they stir up a mob to run him out of town. Iconium, many people were saved. Mob shows up. And now you have Jews and Gentiles attacking and ready to stone him. Lystra, in the book of Acts, 14, verse uh, 19. Paul and Barnabas heal a man with crippled feet. Again, the townspeople respond the same way. In Thessalonica, Paul steps out on his second missionary journey with Silas. In verses 5 through 9, I'm going to share this with you. It says, but other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started to riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the other believers before the city officials, shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all defying Caesar's decree, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. His second missionary journey didn't start out any better. He went to a town Here's a man who steps in to say, you know what? I'll come alongside you. Stay with me. I'll protect you. Faces the mob with these guys. And the list goes on. Paul, as we get to the bottom of it in Jerusalem, he was beaten by the crowd again. I mean, I don't know about you, but seeing the repetitiveness of this and what was taking place, you truly have to be called by God. You truly have to be in tune with some of the things that we're going to talk about in order to heal, in order to process through the trauma, to push forward in the name of Jesus. 
and not get frustrated. As Paul was beaten in Jerusalem, the, commanders or, the commander ordered him bound to chains, and then they even had to lift him up to get him out and protect him. The soldiers had to. The crowd got so angry with him. Traumatic experience. One of the questions as I was looking at this stuff that, that, that resonated with me and made me wonder is, why did these people respond this way? As Paul, who was Saul, went through these traumatic experiences, why is it that these people responded this way? Was it the unresolved trauma in their lives? I'm just asking the question. This is just the question that I ask. You see these guys, they were used to things one way. And was that because of the trauma? Because as we go through trauma, we will try to control things so that we never have to go to the place that we went to and the things that we went through. Especially when we talk about those complex traumas in our lives. We will begin to manipulate a system to control things in a way that we don't have to go through the struggles and the issues that we went through if we don't properly heal from them. I wonder what trauma these men and even women were going through at the time. A man doing the work of the Lord, persecuted, and he pushed on. Paul endured a lot. We're going to look at this, and, and here, are the, here is the first of the three things that we need to do, is we need to we process the pain of our trauma. We have to take the time to process it. See, we don't heal when we ignore it or suppress it or forget it. As, as I said, as I mentioned, the counselor, when she came in, we can't just put it up on the shelf. But if you're a firstborn, that's typically how you'll respond because you're going to step in and try to make sure everybody else is okay. And if you're a middle child, you're going to respond different. And if you're the third or the fourth or the fifth, you're going to respond different than that. You start to heal when you process it, when you take the time to pray through it. We often want to bury our struggles and our trauma. One, because it hurts. And two, it makes us feel vulnerable. When I stand and share stories with you, they're vulnerable stories. They're not easy to share. And I open up myself to whatever comments come at me. He's sharing too much. He's not sharing enough. He's doing this. He's doing that. Same goes for you. When you go through something and you talk to people about it, you open yourself up. And so a lot of times we'll just bottle it up instead of opening up. 
And I don't know if you've ever went down one of these YouTube rabbit trails where you see Diet Coke and you see Mentos and the effects of those two coming together. But it's pretty cool. <laughs> What's not cool is trauma. But that's what happens. Now you're thinking, if you've never seen it, get a Diet Coke and some Mentos at the gas station on the way home. But don't mix them together inside the house. A great explosion happens. Same thing will happen in our lives. We have to be willing to take off the trauma, take it off the shelf, and process through it. Instead of seeking connection, we prioritize protection and trauma. Instead of leaning into others and going and talking about it, we will protect ourselves. And rightfully so. We've been through stuff where we've hurt before, where we've shared too much, where people have come at us because of what we shared, and they just don't understand. But see, we don't heal in isolation. We heal best in community. Michael talked about it. We heal in community and in unity and being able to come together and share our stories and trust one another. Paul spent many, many times in prison and received many, many beatings that he didn't deserve. A whole lot happened in his life. A whole lot of struggles and trials. And what I see is as Paul processed through this and he talks about it. We need to let it be an encouragement, not a discouragement. We need to find those trusted people that we can lean into to process through this. Because when you carry it, you're carrying a burden that's not yours to carry. It's going to shape you and it's going to form you into somebody that you don't want to become. The second point is that we prayerfully press into God with our trauma. We will prayerfully press into God with our trauma. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8, it says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Paul is reflecting on this thorn of torment in his side. You may have a thorn in your side, and if that thorn is sitting next to you, don't nudge them, okay? It's not that kind of thorn, I don't believe. It's something that's deeper. As, as I shared in the huddle, I shared with the group this morning. As we prayerfully press into God with our trauma, this is that kind of prayer where you're taking off your glasses and you're sweating. Well, like I have them, but not all of you do. And, and it's that in, intentional prayer, falling on your face, recognizing that you're on holy ground, 
giving it over to Jesus. Paul is begging and pleading. It says, I pleaded with the Lord. It wasn't just this, Lord, bless this food to the nourishment of our body. Oh, Lord, just take this little tickle away in my side. It was real deep trauma that hurt. We need to lean in. And he had three deep times of prayer and connection where he prayed and he pleaded. So whatever this is that you're carrying, or maybe you not think you're not, or maybe you're not yet, how many times have you taken it? And you're like, oh, pastor, I've taken it so many times you can't even imagine. I understand those moments too. So take it back one more time. And a time after that. Because he is growing you. He is healing you through it. But it takes time. It's not easy. We have to turn it over to God. We have to give it to him and walk away from it. You see, you can unload on Jesus. That's the great thing about him. You can unload the whole thing, the whole mess. Not just bits and pieces, the whole thing. He's there for the aftermath. He's there in the beginning, he's there through the middle, and he's there for the aftermath. And he's there to be with you on the other side in the restoration process. I understand that some of you have gone through things that were not fair. Men chose to be men and they became their own God. And because they chose to do that, it took a life of someone close to you. It took a life of a friend or a brother or a sister. Trauma has hurt you in ways that you don't deserve. Don't own it, though. It's not yours. It's his. Be honest. Don't hold back. He says, he tells us to cast our cares, to get rid of them, to throw them. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10, it says, But God, but he, God, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. How many of us like to be weak? <laughs> no? No. We don't like to be weak. It goes on to say, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. What? In insults. How many of us can say we delight in the weakness and the insults of life? In our hardships, persecutions, difficulties. I've never once said that. In the midst of it. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When you're willing to become weak. 
and say, I cannot do this on my own. That's when the King of kings and the Lord of lords begins to take over. We recognize what Jesus did on the cross for us, and we lean into it. Nothing can change your past, but God can heal your broken heart. Nothing can change your past, but God can heal your broken heart. You have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit soften your heart and mind. Continue to pray and ask God, ask Jesus to intercede on your behalf to God the Father. Psalm 34 and verse 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Crushed in spirit. So as we process the pain of the trauma with trusted people, we begin to heal. As we prayerfully press into God with our traumas, it moves us forward. The third is this, is that we need to pursue purpose in our trauma. This one is not easy. How do you pursue the purpose in your trauma? I was having a conversation this week uh, with someone a little bit about this. And many of you know there have been, I'm, I'm vulnerable and I'm willing to share. And I'm willing to share my story because I, I know that it will be used for God's glory. When we lost our son Jason, that was very traumatic. But we had an idea in our head of how things played out and how things went after that. But when we moved back here to Michigan, shortly after we moved back, a detective from the city of Detroit showed up a homicide detective, and said, we need to talk to you about your son. And I'm thinking, my two boys are in the house, okay? What's going on? He said, no, your son Jason, and how he was mishandled and not handled properly. That took me instantly back to a place of trauma that I certainly healed through, and I thought I knew the purpose but the purpose had to be redefined. And the new purpose was to understand this and to be able to tell you this today, that even as you seek and even as you push to get answers, when men are men and choose to be their own God and bring about pain in your life, there are some times on this side of heaven that you're never going to get the answers. There were answers that I wanted that nobody was willing to, ask, to answer. Why? Why men and women would respond the way they did? Why wouldn't they finish paperwork? Why wouldn't they do this or that? And you know how many of those questions got answered? Zero. But what God showed me through his son, Jesus Christ, is that he offers grace and mercy. And the toughest thing that I had to do through that was be willing to offer grace and mercy to someone who could have kept my son alive. But due to negligence, it didn't happen that way. It's not an easy space to live in. 
many of us are living in spaces where we just can't get over it, where we're bitter and we're not getting better. We need to pursue the purpose in the trauma. For me, I didn't begin to see the purpose truly, fully, until about a year ago when I received a call from a dear friend who said, hey, you need to call our buddy. He just lost his son. And I was able to step into a place, and I'll tell you right now that it was not fun to step into. I got so anxious and I got so nervous because I had to go back through what I had come through to be able to walk with this man in the, in the passing of his son in a traumatic way. But God uses it, and he's using it. In 2 Corinthians verse one, uh, chapter 1 and verse 3 and 4, it says, Praise be to the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. And it goes on to say, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Comfort. Your story of trauma can bring someone comfort. That's hard to embrace sometimes but it truly can. Each of you sit here with a story that God wants to use for his glory. Why is it that you're afraid to lean into it? You are the only Jesus that some people in this world are ever going to see. And if you go around worrying about what everybody's going to think about you and what they're going to say about you, you're going to miss some opportunities, divine opportunities that God has placed in your life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And this would be the place where I might tell another story or go a little deeper, but I'm not. Because this is the place and this is the moment where your story needs to come alive. Where some of you have died on the inside because of the trauma. You feel that you're not good enough. You feel that you're no good. But God has a story. And he knows your story. And if you're not okay, it's not okay. You need to move through it. You have to find the purpose through the pain, as they say. Whether it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, we have to find our way through it. I found some notes that I wrote from several years, from several years ago in one of my Bibles, and it fell out. And I remember where it's from because uh, the place I was staying had paper, and so I uh, borrowed the notebook that was in my room. 
And I wrote this down, and I know that it's for somebody. Don't judge the emotional charge that's going on in your life. It's there for a reason in this moment, but you need to move past it. View it, but don't let it destroy you. Now, I wrote that down in the time of my life where I was struggling and wrestling. But I believe that there's some of you that need to hear that this morning. You need to view it, but you need to not let it destroy you. You're going through a fire and it's going to be hell on earth. But you know what's amazing about it? It's just like with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I like to call him one bad amigo. You're going to come out on the other side not smelling like smoke. Because when you go through the refiner's fire, God does something in you through his son Jesus Christ that no man can stand against, that the devil can't stand against, where you stand up there and you can say, you know what, devil, Go to hell. This is my story. This is not your story. And he's brought me through it. And I'm on the other side of it. And I'm pressing on. And I'm going to lean in and I'm going to help people. And I'm going to use this story to bring people to the foot of the cross for your glory. And there are so many of you in this room and on the other side of the screen joining us that need to step into that place this morning. Paul continued on. That was, I believe that was truly a part of the way he healed was to continue on and continue to do ministry. The thing that was the most challenging in his life was the thing that he continued to do. That's not easy. Persecution after persecution, leaning in, pushing forward, continuing to move. Your trauma may not have been your fault. And I'm not just going to, I'm not going to say what many say. Is they say, get over it. And I would say, don't just get over it. Heal from it. We need to be willing to heal. And that process starts by laying things at the feet of Jesus. We're going to sing a last song. And if you want to stand in worship, I want you to stand in worship. If you have this trauma, this struggle that you're carrying, I want you to know that you can lay it at the feet of Jesus. And that when you lay it here, you can get up and know that it is gone. It's his to carry. He will walk through this with you. Take those things off the shelf in your trophy room that aren't trophies. The things that you see that hurt physically and emotionally and spiritually and lay them at the feet of Jesus. Because he has a plan and he has a story for your life. He is using each of you in a, in a unique and a significant way in people's lives and everything that you do. I look around this room and I see many different positions and many different things in areas where you work. You have a gift and ability to reach into somebody's life. To share your story. You see, if my boss at the time that I lost my son wouldn't have been obedient to the Lord 
there would have been days when I didn't know how to go on. When I clocked back into work after being out of work for several weeks, he said, when you get done and get the guys out, I want you to come into my office. And I'm like, oh boy. And I'm thinking all these crazy things. But he sat and we talked and he shared his story about how he lost his son and what it was that God did in his life. And when he was able to walk alongside of me, someone that I could trust, I knew that when he said it's going to be okay, that it was going to be okay. And there is someone that needs you. But you've got to be willing to let go and not worry about what other people are going to think when you share your story. Father, I just pray that as we reflect and as we look at the traumas and the struggles that we have in our lives, I pray that you do what only you can do this morning, that you will open up the minds and the hearts of those here. Trauma is not an easy thing to process through, to journey through. It's no fun, but you use it as a tool to move us forward, to help us to grow, to lean into you, as Paul did three times. Very intentional prayers that led him back to you. I pray that this morning we could do that very same thing. We could lean into you, give these things over to you, to take them off the shelf, properly heal from them, move forward in that. Amen. Let's stand together and worship. What can I do What can I offer to you for all the love you've shown, for all your mercy over me? I called your name, you heard my cry. The rock of salvation, my hope is built on nothing left, morning by morning. How great is your faithfulness, I called your name, you heard my cry, out of the grave and into is yours, my soul is free. Thank you, God, for 
saving us through the trials through the tribulation through the trauma you save us you send your son to die on this cross so that we too could have life and that we could relinquish these things over to you so I pray for those who are giving over the hurts and the struggles this morning whether from their very seed or they're even just wrestling, I pray that you just continue to work, that your Holy Spirit would continue to work in them and that they would wrestle and that, they're, that if they're struggling and not wanting to get over it, that I, I would pray that you would bless them with a 3.30 a.m. awakening like you often <laughs> give to me when I'm wrestling because that's not the time that I'm up excited about having pizza for lunch that day. It's the wrestling in my heart and the stirring in what you're doing. And so I pray that you would do that, that you would continue to work in only ways that you can. Move us forward. Bring us closer to you, Father God. And I pray all of these things in your name. You are dismissed.